everybody. Welcome back to Fabulous. Hi, everyone. I'm Shannon Payne. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. This is a... Another one where I didn't know where to go with it. Right, this is, if that makes sense. It's the the MJ and the Batgirl oh. and and the the hero of it all, right? right? Like they all have red hair. They all have so much red <laughs> hair. It's kind of wild. And um uh you I don't know if you know this, my high school boyfriend was obsessed with redheaded women. Really? And it ruined my life. Because I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, just, I can't just be that. It feels wrong when you're not <laughs> naturally born with red hair to be like, let me just steal this away from you. It hurt my feelings even more because um, it's very, it's not very common to have red hair and blue eyes. Right. Uh, I would say 70% of my dad's extended family has red hair and blue eyes. Well, that's just not fair. It's, it's there's so many redheads in my family. And my brother has two like orange haired children. Maybe three. Cute just, as hell. Yeah, like they it, they just do. They're just like that. And <sighs> I was like, but not, but, but not, not me. me. Why did why did I get skipped? Seth <laughs> Taylor has like bright red hairs in his beard. Uh-huh. I'm like everybody. So what? I dyed my hair fire engine red all mm. through my twenties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I did do it for a while. I I decided I was gonna play it like. Do you remember? In the 2000s, when it was, you kept your brunette hair, but then you did, like, streaks of red and blonde, and you were, like, this cherry cola. (laughs) Oh, you got it sounds bad. It sounds it, it wasn't it was. great. Like, yeah. It wasn't the best. It but, was better than when we did platinum blonde on top, burgundy underneath. Yeah. Yeah. That was a situation we had in our lives. I just remember that I was obsessed with that. Like mm-hmm. me and my sister would constantly be like, This is what we're doing. We're uh-huh. gonna be so different. But we'd always go back to that. Yeah, we were always yeah. Mm. We're just the same. I had the I had roosters cut into my hair. Oh. Which is when they cut the hair out of the crown of your head super short so it can stick straight up. Yeah, yeah. If I didn't walk out looking like Paramore, I wasn't living. No, absolutely not. It wasn't good. Mm. <laughs> we did not have similar bone structure. <laughs> no, <laughs> And my Damn hair it. still plays like it wants to be red. Mm. My extensions have pretty ashy blonde in them. Oh. And whenever she puts some blonde in my regular hair, I'm like, cool, now it'll be green and orange. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so classy mm-hmm. for me. It's going to be so much fun. This is why I, everyone <laughs> that I talk to and I'm like, I would love to have rainbow hair. Like I would love to just like bleach it and then put like a bunch of different colors. Oh, in yeah. it. I think it'd be incredible. But my hair will not bleach that way. Just wants to be orange. It just wants to be orange. It will not go lighter. So it does badly. not work with the colors. And <laughs> I un- like we tried once to get it past that point. I fried off so much of my hair. Oh, for sure. Oh, God. My not mom's fair. hair loves it so much that people think she's a redhead. Oh, because like two weeks after she colors her hair, it's red again. Yeah. It just wants to be that color. <sighs> So selfish. Honestly. <laughs> just paid, rude. Paid money for that. Absolutely. <laughs> Fuck. Can't keep getting this toner. No. <laughs> it's a situation. Anyways, these bitches have it Anyways, already. these bitches have red hair. So. <laughs> you mean bitches in a camaraderie uh, kind absolutely. of way. Absolutely. Only in camaraderie. They're also very good at like kickboxing, probably. probably. I think it comes with the hair. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Starting this whole thing off with a quote here. I love it. You'd find it easier to be bad than good if you had red hair. People who haven't red hair don't know what trouble is. Ah, that feels so true. That feels so true. And we're going to come back to Anne in a little bit. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to start this whole episode off with Anne of Green Gables because it just felt like a, yes. a situation. It kind of felt 
like a milestone a little bit for the redheaded trope, for better or worse, in mm-hmm. romance novels as a whole. She she said grandma, basically. 100%. 100%. It's, I mean, it really is the question, why are so many authors and, like, all of our fictitious heroes just obsessing over red hair? Why? Why is this a thing? Um, For better or for worse, red hair has been the epitome of otherness, something outside the norm. And humans tend to obsess over perceived differences like we just latch onto that situation so hard that's probably why i don't get it because i know so many redheads mm-hmm. i didn't know it was different right i'm different yes <laughs> okay now i get it yes thanks for explaining i like that you walked me through like, that like really everything i'm gonna talk about today comes back to this one thing and it is the obsession over something that is unlike ourselves. Like Elizabeth Taylor's violet eyes. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like this unique quality. She's got to be something special because she doesn't look regular. For sure. I like that. For sure. So my goal this week is I'm going to talk about in a little bit here, three main reference points that like romance literature has like grabbed onto, latched onto and said like, we're bringing in, I whether intentionally or unintentionally they bring this in in a way that like this is why the redhead is represented this is why the redhead is here Mm -hmm. um but (laughs) i needed to take a deep dive for myself well a mini dive really this is a mini dive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is a page long mini dive i like it on the genetics of redheads because i felt like this was kind of interesting and i wanted to know like how did if it's so rare? How did this come to be? Absolutely. How did we actually even get here in the first place? So I wanted to go here. I'm taking you down the rabbit hole with me. It's gonna be a great time. And I found this really, really great synopsis in a book called Red: A History of the Redhead by Jackie Collis Harvey. She's a lovely redhead herself. <laughs> um, I didn't get to read the whole book. I read a good portion of it, but this was like a. It was just a solid, solid overview. Okay. So. Our conversation here for this portion is going to start with chromosomes 16 and 4. Oh, those are the exact ones I was curious about. (laughs) Perfect. I figured as much. (laughs) So chromosome 16 is a big situation. Um, And why it's relevant to red hair in general is it's the chromosome pair that MC1R, or I'm going to, this is going to be fun. You're going to hear Shannon try and spew out scientific terms. It's going to be a great time. (laughs) Melanocortin 1 receptor. Okay. This is a specific gene that resides on chromosome 16, and it's important because this gene happens to play a key role in the development of skin, hair, and even eye color. Oh. Uh, If this gene was working as genetically intended, (laughs) everyone would have brown eyes, dark hair, and dark skin. That makes sense. To be suitable for Earth. Exactly. Well, most of Earth. Most of Earth, anyways. Essentially, it's trying to protect you from things like sunburns, sunstrokes, just really all things sun related. Going blind from the sun. Right. It's a situation. Um, But sometimes the MC1R gene starts acting up. Very often, but with a few exceptions, with red hair, it acts up in a very specific way. In this case, a person has a recessive variant of the MC1R gene, um, and it dials back on the production of eumelanin, that stuff that makes her darker, mm. and instead replaces it with yellow or red phalomenin, 
It's going to be a great time. You're going to love this. Which <laughs> takes us to chromosome four, which houses another important gene in this whole situation. HCL2, or real scientific hair, hair color two, red. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the color they pick out at the salon. I think that's exactly how this happens. RB4. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, might be where it came from. Hmm. We could dive in about dominant, recessive, co-dominant genes, but basically what this part of the story boils down to is that red hair comes in a variety of shades because of this particular gene. Okay. Not only that, but a term called mosaicism can come into play where different parts of the body can have different hair colors. For, and makes so, sense makes so sense. for an example that bears far less innuendo in this situation <laughs> and we kind of touched on it before um so like a man can have blonde hair on top but grow in a red beard that's how seth taylor is yeah. his hair is more like a dirty blonde color yeah if if it were growing if it there. were growing and his beard is like this beautiful red brown blonde yeah it's so wild with like four gray hairs that he's so proud of is he proud of them he's fully silver foxing over there. um i love it i love it <laughs> I, uh, Brian's proud of his too. He is. I heard the two of them he's talking little, about it. He's there. Like, we're getting very distinguished. Mm. <laughs> I'm just upset that I'm more distinguished than him. It's not. I'll send you the TikTok. It's this lady who's just pissed because men just keep getting more attractive as they get old. And yeah, what the fuck? And they're doing literally nothing. nothing. They're just becoming it. But it's then so, if I let my like shit little go, butterflies. <laughs> it's so it's annoying. Not fair. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here I am spending like $300 on stuff to make my face stay non-wrinkly. Right. And they're just getting I had to just I was like, I I have this money from my birthday. Do I want a tattoo or botox? That's where I'm mm-hmm. at. Yeah. That's my I picked tattoo obviously. Obviously. But that's my life stage currently. <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> I thought which one will make me look more like a fucking badass and then I went with tattoo ink. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Needles were involved. It's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> Adjacent to each other. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so after all this if dark hair dark skin dark eyes are supposed to be the baseline why have red hair and pale skin stuck around why did this happen why complex variety and coloration is evident across the globe but interestingly interestingly enough or at least to me a paler skin tone might not have appeared until fairly recently in the grand scheme of things approximately twenty thousand years ago Oh, I, I love that that's recent. I know. In the grand scheme of how Earth's situation right. Big has rock, evolved. Dinosaurs yeah. time. Got it. The time frame for potentially the first instance of red hair follows a similar timeline. It's also around 20,000 years ago. And in the end, it all comes down to location, location, location. Ooh. I'm going to read a quote here. And this is still from the book, uh, Red, A History of the Redhead. <laughs> so this is from Jackie. If a genetic quirk confers a benefit upon those carrying that gene, it and they will flourish. And pale skin under northern skies does exactly that. If your eumelanin production is dialed back, if you have pale skin rather than dark, your body will be much more effective at synthesizing vitamin D using whatever sun was available than if your skin were darker. And as the sheets of ice retreated and that growing population of early modern humans moved from Russia into Scandinavia and eventually into the whole of Northern Europe, the absence of strong sun in these climates allowed the MC1R gene to mutate into what geneticists term dysfunctional variants without these variants proving fatal to those carrying them. 
feels kind of rude. It does feel kind of rude, but like it makes sense when it's like in the grand scheme of how we started out and how things were, we were we were all in a conglomerate in these warmer, sunnier climates. And it was like we needed to have darker skin, darker hair, darker everything to just survive, Mm -hmm. to just be there. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's it's dysfunctional to that. But it's but it's adapted as we've adapted and if they maintained that darker skin and darker hair, then they they would have died. But yeah, like like this vitamin D is required for them to stay alive. Right. Like as soon as you block your ability to absorb that, as soon as you cut that out, it's like, I mean, things like rickets, things like all sorts of different diseases come into play. Yeah. So it's it really is like a functional adaptation of the body of the human to do that. I read that when it became very fashionable to have super duper pale skin, mm-hmm. people stayed out of the sun all the time is when they started fortifying milk with vitamin D because people weren't getting it outside. Yeah. And I, when we don't have the science to fortify our milk, <laughs> then we have to change the color of our skin. Right. That's the only logical way. Makes sense. And now mm. they're so mad because they can't go on vacation. That's 100% <laughs> true. We have, there's four kids in my family and two of them uh, were always tan. The other mm. two uh, cannot get a tan. Their freckles just get so many that they stick together and oh. they call it tan. Well, that's fair. And it's it's so interesting to see the dichotomy. That's just incredible. Like, why are you out in the sun like that? <laughs> how How is this happening? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. See, and I, every winter get so vitamin D deficient that they mm-hmm. tell me I need to go on supplements every single time. Rude. I get that low. It's ridiculous. It's kind of dumb. <sighs> okay. So moving on from this, Jackie again gives us a transition point into what today's topic is about because no, I'm not going to spend this entire episode doing a genetics lesson. That's not what we're here for. <laughs> it's kind of what we're here for, but not all of what we're here for. Um, <laughs> Tell me why it makes you go to kickboxing. Absolutely. <laughs> She says this business of being attracted to the color red is very hardwired in us. Early humans developed the ability to differentiate between reds, greens, and blues as an evolutionary mechanism to help them, among other things, better forage for ripe, brightly colored fruits in overwhelmingly green forests. And that's even before all of the associations with fire and warmth and sun and blood. Red is thus highly visible. Sorry. Red is thus a highly visceral color associated with survival, sex, and strong emotion. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you never thought there was going to be a genetic component to this whole situation. No, I was thinking how wild it would be when, like, the first baby's born with red hair, and they're just like, it's the devil for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, probably. It must have been crazy. Like, if you came from somewhere else and you just happened upon this woman with this flowing red hair, you'd be right? like, what is this creature? Yeah. Like, it would be insane. Well, that's what's incredible is, like, the transition over time and, like, it's... I feel like we often like attribute red hair to really, really pale women, mm-hmm. but that's not always the case. People of all different races, of all different th- ethnicities, ethnicities, I can speak, mm-hmm. you'll find people with red hair in there. Yeah. And, and sometimes if their skin is quite deep, then their red hair will be this very beautiful, deep, oh, yeah. deep red color. Oh, absolutely. It's incredible. It's incredibly gorgeous. They look photoshopped. Yes. It's really beautiful. Oh, I love it. It's I love it so much. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Okay, we're going to jump into it now and talk about how, maybe why we incorporate this into the novel world. Why is this here? Why do we keep pushing it forward? Why does it 
last. <laughs> so we're going to jump into what we kind of talked about earlier, but delve into it a little bit deeper. Scarcity. Ooh. It makes sense that if a phenomenon is truly rare, society on the whole will definitely take notice. And as we've talked about in our previous episodes this season, fiction, including the romance novel, tends to provide a dialogue on the times and societies in which they were written. Red hair is found in only 1-2% to of the world population as a whole. Not very much. It's 1-2%. to And they're mostly Johnsons, I guess. And probably. <laughs> you guys have the monopoly on this That's situation. to me. Right? I thought the That's same thing. I, didn't, I knew it wasn't very much. I didn't realize it was that low. It's so tiny. It's wild. Well, and even so, like, we talked about how when you move into northern climates and make that change there where there's not a ton of sun. Even in northern and northwestern European countries, there's only a rate of maybe 2 to 6%. Wow. It's wild. They're endangered. I mean, so there was this whole myth going around that I was reading about all over the place where it was, like, talking about how... um Redheaded, redheaded people were going to go extinct. It's a myth. It's not a thing. It doesn't feel real. No, that's not a situation. But it was, I, I even remember this being a conversation point in just like general conversation as a whole, where people were talking about this is the scientific fact that, yeah, redhead was going to like be yeah. gone from the human race, like by a certain point in the future. I have heard people say that more people used to have different crazy colored eyes. Mm-hmm. And that they'd gone extinct, like redheads would. Yeah, but to me, in my in my family experience, it feels like a very resilient gene. Right, because like my brother and his wife aren't redheads. Becky's kind of strawberry sometimes, and then mm-hmm. they popped out these orange-headed babies. Right, so it comes from someplace. It does. Well, and like I mean, it, I talked about how it was a it wasn't a dominant gene, but like it finds ways. Like it's hanging around. Oh yeah, it's there. It's there hiding out. So we talked, like, so they're rare. Like, one to two percent in the world, two to six percent in just, like, northern Europe as a whole. A natural path to follow from this idea of scarcity is that red hair gives a, co- a character a solid distinction from the rest of the group. Something that sets them apart and makes them easily identifiable to us. Mm-hmm. And this can be, um, for better or for worse... Um, Because in some literature found across the world, but especially often in the United States, the tendency towards distinction of the redhead might give hints towards more pervasive cultural problems and biases. So I'm going to read a quote from Olivia Waite in an article called Romance Trope, the Redheaded Heroine. To use hair color as a visible difference marker sits much more comfortably with authors and readers nowadays than if we used, oh, skin color as the same kind of tool. She says, I'm looking at you, Tolkien, with your dark, dirty orcs and pure white shining elves. Oopsies. Which is an oopsie situation for sure. So the prevalence of red hair could also be seen as a symptom of genre fiction's general and deplorable tendency to whiteness. We want our heroine to look different and special, but still, you know, white. So not that different after all. Ouch. Yeah, that one hurt. And I I see it. I totally get it. Because yeah, that is that that is a way to make a distinction in a way that might not be. It seems to me, as I'm thinking through books I've read, that it's the opposite of the hypersexualized dark-skinned man. Right. It's so much easier for them to stick in a dark-skinned man and talk about him the same way that they speak about a red-headed woman. Right. How inner that's very mm-hmm. that's fascinating. Right? Absolutely. Because he doesn't have to be soft, so it's okay to make him black. It's perfectly fine. Oh, we suck a little. We kind of suck, right? Like a lot. I didn't I didn't like that. I liked the idea that like 
We have to talk about this shit or we won't change. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's really true. So, like, I'm not saying that, like, using the element of scarcity is a problem, but using it to just be like, well, to distinguish this person from another white person, we're just going to say she's this and it's everybody. It's a whitewashed world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't love that. Our next one, and a big one for you and me, <laughs> the link to the supernatural. They are. Yeah, 100%. So it comes back full circle to scarcity again. Something that makes you unique or different can be seen as a plus for sure. But humans have also shown a tendency towards distrust and fear. Um, yeah, we're just we're wild where we're like, we want to be different. We want to be an individual, like especially here in the United States. We're mm-hmm. very much about individualism. Like that's a huge part of so much of what our culture purveys. But then as soon as you are different. Yeah. It's not okay anymore. Now, I, I think we really, and if we said it out loud, it would sound dumb, so we don't. But we want to be different, but the same way everyone else is different. Yes. No, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's exactly it. Over the centuries, we've linked redheads to all sorts of mystical shit, many of which were feared before. But if the amount of por- paranormal romance novels that exist are any indication, we are absolutely on board now. <laughs> to name a few... Um, So there was a belief starting among some of the ancient Greeks that when people with red hair died, there was a very distinct chance that they would become vampires. Holla. Holla. That seems like the easiest way. Absolutely. Just die, but have red hair. Just die, but have red hair. Easy. Way less painful than the other versions. Mm, Truly. But apparently they were super scared that like it didn't just take red hair, like they could still do everything else. So they made sure that they burned these people before they got buried. Just in case oh that sucks yeah it's not great it's not great if you want to be burned i'm totally down for that like I, think, I mean i'm all for getting cremated i think burying people in cement boxes is really weird I'm like not, it, that is yeah. strange behavior for humans to be involved in right. I, don't, I don't know why we're caught up in it we are definitely caught up in that but i don't want to be burned because people are afraid of me that that hurts my feelings different different situation i want entirely. to be burned because i love the earth yes and it's, and it's kind of full at this point. We need to stop. I think it. we kind of need to stop. I'll go. I'll go nourish a tree. Right. Mm. I think it's such an odd plan. But I saw this uh, uh, mortician. Is that the right word? Yeah. Uh, talking about how everybody wants to become a tree, and she's like, "Your decomposing body makes so much heat that you would kill a tree." Yeah. So get buried, and then in a couple of years, plant a tree. That. And I was like, great planning. Thanks Beautiful. for that advice. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's the kind of information I need from TikTok. Thank you. Truly. <laughs> truly, truly. <laughs> the things that TikTok gives us these days. I'm so on board. Much. I'm super on board. I'm so educated now. <laughs> Every bit of it. Truth. All of it. Solid none gold. Of it, none of it is wrong. I haven't done a single Google. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Why, why would we? There's no point. Doing the same work twice. God. <laughs> What dumb shit is that? <laughs> yes. Okay. There was a long time all across Europe where red hair was linked to witchcraft because of course. rock and roll. I just feel like over the decades, like who did we not pin witchcraft on? I'm no, well, white, white, middle-aged, middle-aged men. men, except for maybe like one who and slept maybe, with your wife, yeah, or was gay. That. That's all. I think those are the caveats to that situation. It doesn't shock me that straight cis, like cis het white men are so brave. 
Uh-huh. What do they have to be afraid of? Absolutely nothing. Grizzly bears, basically. Truly. That's mm-hmm. it. And they probably think they could take him. Yeah. <laughs> got this no wonder they're just walking around like they own the world they Bare have hands. no reason to be afraid <laughs> good lord what would that be like i have no idea uh, i don't i have no idea i'm scared all the time oh my god <laughs> the audacity the sheer audacity good fucking lord oh god mm. Which I think, okay, this all just really blends nicely into this, like, third situation of, like, paranormal that I'm going to talk about. At the heart of evil when it comes to Christendom, Judas Iscariot, the betrayer of Jesus, and potentially vampire number one, if the rumors are to be believed. Ooh! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard the vampire part. Yeah. I read a bunch this week where it was the, Yeah. It is in lore everywhere that Judas is a vampire just roaming the fucking earth. How have I heard way more about (laughs) Cain as the Bigfoot, Uh but not Judas as a vampire? Judas as a vampire. Oh, now I have a lot of Googles to Uh do. Enjoy. Have some fun. Thank you. It's a good time. Anyways, it links back to what we talked about before. He was thought to be have been a redhead. Of course. Of course. Um, in fact, many of his depictions in art throughout the centuries, he's depicted with vibrant red hair. Mm-hmm. This kind of leads us towards a direction, though, where we have this split. And we'll kind of talk about it a little bit more. Where I think you're with me on this, where we put redheaded women kind of in this positive light. Mm-hmm. When and often men with red hair get put in kind of a negative white, like Ron and Ginny Weasley. Mm-hmm. It, it always feels like it. There's negatives associated with the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kind of pervaded. Not kind of. It substantially pervaded society for a while. When you think back to World War Two, and redheads were one hundred percent. Among, oh my god, those persecuted, they were seen as people who contributed towards the death of Jesus Christ. They were associated with that. It was Fuck. that pervasive, and it still runs rampant in so neo Nazi culture today. They're just essentially Jews, yeah. Wow. And so that's a. Uh, it really it it ran wild and. F- Provided fuel in a way that was truly horrific. You know, what I was just thinking about today, how generous it is of Jewish people in general to not be really mad about Jesus. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, 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 it's not deserved. Absolutely not. The way that they're like, we think he was fine. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not that, you know, those stories about him ruined our whole lives. They're just, they're very, they're too cool about it. They really are. Such good it's just it's it's a it's a goodwill that isn't deserved <laughs> i feel that way i 100 percent feel that way about feel that way about so many things and so many different people who just yeah yeah we don't deserve that <laughs> no, not at all so let's get to the fiery side of things the fiery redhead because that's the feminine redhead that we all mm-hmm. tend to pervasively talk about that's the one that this I is mean, the sexual fantasy this redhead. This is the sexual fantasy redhead. Well, and this is like 
this is like people like Mary Jane and Spider-Man who uh-huh. are just like strong and sassy. Sassy. But not, yeah. not in a way that you don't like. Suddenly right. it's a way you do like. Suddenly it's all perfectly fine. I'm confused about how they get there. <laughs> but it's true. Well, again, we all want to be the same, but... Or we all want to be different, but in the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it follows the same logic as that whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> We're all a very confusing bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have another point of reference in the biblical world in this one. So where red hair got a bad rap with Judas, Mary Magdalene gave red hair a more seductive flair. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. So this is going to be a quote from Sarah Dotson, and it's in an article called Untangling the Symbolism of Art History's Most Famous Redheads. It was an interesting read. Yeah. She says, the New Testament figure Mary Magdalene, long thought to be a reformed sex worker, is one of the earliest and most consistent figures in Western art history to be portrayed with red hair to communicate sinful lustiness. Regardless of whether she is depicted reformed in reading the Bible, or sprawled nude in a cave, her flaming red hair is always the focal point. I want them all to change reform to retired. I I did not. (laughs) But in the Christian world, that's That's exactly what what that word is. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the word to be used. Yeah. I Definitely wrong. I was going to say wrong or not, but definitely wrong. Definitely wrong. It is what's used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to butcher this name. In Caravaggio's Martha and Mary Magdalene, which came, which was painted around 1598, one sees the movement of her spiritual or the moment of her spiritual transformation from what they described as whore to pious devotee. Her red hair becomes representative of the past she is leaving behind to follow Christ. Well, I mean, we just again, we play this dichotomy Especially in our culture of, like, we, we kind of liked the sinful lustiness of the whole situation. We kind of, we kind want of wanted to, to lift that up. I have done it, but be different but now. But be different now. But also be a virgin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and give it a shot. Let right. me know how Let me know how that goes. <laughs> I want you to be, like, like horny and and aware mm-hmm. but also never touched by yeah, another. absolutely not you you came with all of the knowledge on how to do all of this but no one's but ever done it to it you. was just innate yeah. you just you just knew it yeah yeah it wasn't nobody ever you've never done it before mm-hmm. absolutely not you you can ask for it but you're also shy uh-huh <laughs> mm-hmm. just, and you don't really know what you're doing it's just uh Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. But you're wild for it nonetheless. So, yeah. I'm it's not going to lie. This is the kind of stuff that I kept finding over and over and over and over and over again in all of the articles that I was reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was there was some that said it came into literature because of an uh, either an artist, like if it was an art form or, or an author, if it was written works, that... The authors would write about redheaded women because they were in love with a redheaded woman in real life. Mm-hmm. Like they were just portraying their real life experiences and that was just like added in. And then it just it really did like over the years that seductress one just kind of it really took off. Yeah. That fiery, seductive. That's what you think of when you think of that trope today. That's ex- that's yeah. almost always how it's used. I think Aphrodite is often depicted with red hair. She is Venus's. 
I think uh, uh, Henry VIII and Elizabeth I being redheads plays into plays it. Plays a huge thing. Um, a lot of famous... I Because I'm going to kind of talk about this in a little bit, but I'm going to kind of... I'll touch on it now because I think it's interesting. We'll see spikes in romance novels using redheads when... Think like Lucille Ball. Think, mm-hmm. think all of those famous redheaded actresses. And we fell in love with them. Yeah, yeah. And then we started being like, let's include that in everything now. I really liked her. Let's do it over here, too. Exactly. Yeah. Little Mermaid. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it just like, I, I really, like, that is when, like, I looked at this chart, and we'll talk about one bump here in a second, but the major bump, the major time frame where we started seeing way more redheads incorporated into the story was Judy Garland's time frame. It was Lucille Ball time frame. Yeah. was all of those people that we just fell in love with on the beautiful, screen. Beautiful, beautiful redheads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. that is what it is. Which all brings, like, brings it all back for me to Anne of Green Gables. And <laughs> how I feel like that really was, like, she was the ultimate redheaded romance literature icon. Whether you think of Anne of Green Gables as romance literature or not. If it, you don't, it, it's because somebody before you did. Right. Like it has its it has a lot of foundation. Absolutely. In that. Absolutely. Anne is every quality a romance novel heroine loves to espouse. She's bright, she's talented, she's lonely, but she's passionate and imaginative. Mm-hmm. She's an orphan, which marks her as different, but she's got this like fighty, flirty thing going on with Gilbert. Like it's it's just this whole situation of like she epitomizes so many different things that we look for in a heroine in a in a romance novel. Mm-hmm. And most famously, and for this episode in particular, most importantly, she has red hair. And she identifies strongly with that characteristic in positive and negative ways all across the board. Take uh, the quote from the book I used at the beginning of the episode. You'd find it easier to be bad than good if you had red hair. People who haven't red hair don't know what trouble is. <laughs> And I think there's a part of that, like, when you stand out, good and bad things come to you. Right. That's absolutely true. But also uh, the rest of it. The rest of it. The assumptions people make about you Mm -hmm. become true because people assume, like, all of that. Right. Absolutely. The dramatic impact that Anne of Green Gables had on the inclusion of redheaded heroines in romance novels is stark. Um, And this is kind of where we're, what I talked about before, but this is more, this is that first bump in literature that I was talking about. So Anna Green Gables came out in 1908. And if you look, if you look at the data, there is a distinct bump of redheaded heroines being included in literature between 1905 and 1910. Uh There is a distinct uptick and then it kind of comes back down for a while and then the major uptick again happens again. So she might've been part of it or she might've partly... She at least contributed it, it mm-hmm. contributed to it potentially, yeah. which I think is interesting. Um, red hair being responsible or not, Anne was a fiery, forceful character and one that girls across the generations can look to and realize that while we all might be different, we all have the potential to be strong, capable, passionate and fiery women. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just end all this with a quote. It was from electricliterature.com in an article called Why Anne of Green Gables and Little Women Still Inspire Us Today. And this is a quote from uh, her name, Sarah McCoy. Like all things, we ought to embrace each powerful female characters and authors as sisters of the force. 
one that benefits all with exponential development. Old to new, it's imperative for us as female writers to each be each to be each other's strongest advocates. If we don't, who will? And that's why I believe these books thrive across generations. They are about young women overcoming adversity and fearlessly sharing the message you can too. That message may or may not be heard amid the onslaught of daily news sound bites, but between the reader and the page, the message has a chance to seed itself in a woman's heart. I love that. I do too. The girl power of it all. I love the girl power of it all. Take it. <laughs> this is ours. That's We're really fucking beautiful. a fiery force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. With because of or in spite of our hair, probably a little bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. It was not what I was thinking, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. Like I did this research this week, and I was expecting different. If that makes sense, I was expecting more research to be done about it. If that makes sense, right? Because it's such a big deal. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. The amount that I was able to find. I was shocked at how little it was. I wonder if people think it's just obvious. Maybe. And they don't wonder like we do. Like, because she's hot. Because she's hot. (laughs) Of course. I needed some way to show you that she was, we were going to have sex later. Uh And I thought, you know what? Red hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. (laughs) Click. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Or, um, you know, there's, there's so many of the same color when you're drawing a cityscape in a comic book. Yep. You need a little you need flash a little, of color. Absolutely. <laughs> Give it a redhead. Give it a redhead for sure. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Well, I'm I'm glad for all the different colors that make our life a prettier place. Absolutely. Same. Ooh. You guys should go. That just made me think of. Listen to the song Flamingo by Carol, Carol Bonito. It's such a cute fucking song. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, go listen to it. I'm not going to sing it because I feel like that's not what we need in our lives today. <laughs> Mm. Anyways, (laughs) this has been such a good time. I've loved everything about this. Get ready for next week. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. Get ready for more of a Jimmy Buffet style Mm. situation. I think we're going to be surprised at how crass and educational we can be at the same time. It's going to be both. It's going to be wildly beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Friends, let's do this again sometime. Say hi to your mom for me. Bye.